from the beautiful West 7th neighborhood of St. Paul, Minnesota, you're listening to the Capital City Podcast. Wow, absolutely amazing. Thank you so much. That music is incredible. Take a few seconds, find your seat. Wow, absolutely. Hallelujah. We could keep going. That was wonderful. We so appreciate you guys with that great blessing. My name is Joshua. I'm a part of Capital City Church here. And uh, I'm going to introduce Pastor Joseph here. And I just want, so this is my first, uh, 15-ish working years out of college. This is the first one I worked a whole Black Friday weekend. So I'm kind of coming in here just dragging. And I just have to say, this lifted my soul for all the physical tiredness. I absolutely don't, don't hold it back. Even if you're Scandinavian like me, don't hold it back right now, okay? Anyways, uh, we at Capital City, St. Mark's here, have been blessed in so many ways by the way, church, Pastor Joseph, all the people a part of it. You know, you walk through life and you hope to keep your eyes and heart open enough to be able to see when really special people uh, God brings into your path. And I've, I mean, I, I can't, for me, that's been hundreds of people. This last summer, I believe it was in early June, uh, my family and I decided we were going to come and check out the way um, in their worship on Sunday afternoons. And that began, whatever that is, about six months now, of a friendship with Pastor Joseph and others that uh, have impacted our family really deeply. Um, Joseph and I have, have done a number of things outside of um, Sunday worship. And so I just wanted to take a moment to say uh, this guy and the people that God's put around him, he's in the trenches, um, in people's lives, doing ministry that uh, a lot of us sitting here just, you know, we can't do for a lot of reasons. Um, and they've leaned into some some really hard uh, things in this neighborhood, and because of it, God has is, is blessed them abundantly. And some of those things, blessings, they might not even see this side of heaven, but I know that he's storing up eternal treasures. So welcome him. He is a man of God who walks with Jesus. Thank you, Joseph, for being here tonight. Well, thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Grace and peace, mercy from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I don't really talk like that. I'm quoting Paul. <laughs> no. I'm so happy to be here. I, I, I love our friends that we have. This thing is new to me, so bear with me. I'm so excited because I consider Pastor Jordan a brother and a friend. First, I would like to start off to say our relationship. I met him uh, years, about, no, about seven months ago. He was outside of the day-by-day calf, and I said, hey, you're the pastor. We got to hook up and do lunch. And I, I, I met him at uh, Keg and Case, and we had lunch. And I noticed that this guy is so passionate about the Word of God and loves God for real. I hang out with pastors all the time. And sometimes you see stuff that's like, does he have a passion for the people? But this guy, he just loves God for real. And he loves this church. And my granddad used to tell me, uh, God cares about you is what kind of leader he'll put in front of you. So you guys are blessed. And I'll just be straight up with you guys. 
I come in here when you do guys do see me on Sunday nights just to be encouraged to hear good preaching. And I've been here just to hear his preaching. I love his sermon delivery. He's a great orator, a, per, a writer that I, I wish I could do what he does. And I admire him as a brother, man. Pastor Joshua and his family have let me in his home and he's my brother. You know, we will always have a bond for the rest of our life. We've ate together. And so I, I'm just excited that we can fellowship and do this thing that uh, it's going to look like heaven. In heaven, there's going to be people that doesn't look like us. I'm so glad that even Nancy and her husband has blessed us today with, from St. Mark's is with us. So we're all family here. I'm not going to be, I'm not even going to take all three hours. I'm, I'm not even going to take all three hours. But if you have your Bibles, uh, I'm not that long of a preacher. I'll get us home. I promise I won't take all three hours. Uh, we won't be here that long. Uh, the Gospel of John Thank all of the people from the way that came, Mother Sharon, Lance, Christina, Devon, Tony, Benson, Keenan. Uh, I don't want to forget nobody. Theo, Ari, all you guys. Thank you guys so much for being here, following us in this bad weather. And if we could reference the word of God by standing, that would be awesome. John chapter 11. John chapter 11. And I'm going to read verses 25 and maybe 26. I'm reading out the King James Version. If you're, not, if you're not there yet, if you're still looking, or you can trust me that I'm actually reading what the Bible says. John chapter 11, verse 25 says, Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he will never die, he shall live and whosoever liveth, believeth in me, shall never die. Believest thou this? That's a question he asks. And she saith unto him, Yea, Lord, I believe thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come unto the world. Father God, I thank you for this opportunity to stand before your people, God. I'm asking that you crucify my flesh. Forgive me of all the sins I've committed. Only be used by you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Uh, the way we do this is a PBCD approach. I, I like the fact that I get to use my hands and make eye contact now. And so you see me get up here with the Bible. I'm not as uh, good as Pastor Jordan. I can't read my handwriting, so I have to memorize the story. So bear with me. The way we do this is we pick up the text in the Gospel of John, and I'm just going to make it very practical so we can apply it and understand it. What the Gospel of John is, is it's a, he has a main focus and he wants to give us Jesus Christ as something the divine. It's nothing like the synoptic gospels, the three gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke that are working together. They all have a different perspective, a different point. Matthew's point is he wants to give us Jesus as the Messiah. Mark's point is he wants to give us as Jesus, the suffering servant king. Mark wants us to give us as him as a suffering servant, as a king. Luke wants to give us as him as the savior of the world. And there are, it's called the synoptic gospels and they all work together telling the story simultaneously. It's almost like you have a lens that you look at this church from a car or somebody looks at it from an airplane or somebody looks at it from the back of the building. We all have, they all have a different perspective. What I like about John's gospel, he's completely different. He's, a, he's got a class of his own. He wants to give us Jesus Christ as something divine. There's power. And so what he does, he gives us seven miracles and he gives reasoning for these seven miracles. I'm going to walk us through 
through it. The, his whole purpose of that book is that Jesus Christ is divine. He is the son of God. He has supernatural powers. He can do mysterious things that a normal man can't do. He wants to sell Jesus Christ as something divine. That's his whole purpose. The penman wants us to understand that Jesus is not only a man, not only is he the Messiah, not only is he the suffering servant king, he, and not only is he the savior of the world, but he has power. He has power. He's divine. So the way we do this, chapter one, John chapter one, uh, it starts off with a character named John the Baptist. We know John the Baptist is not the same as John the the writer of the gospel of John. There are two different people, but John the Baptist goes, uh, there's a man coming. Uh, the prophecies were about him, the main character of the Bible. He's here now. It's Jesus Christ. Then he says something like, I'm not even worthy enough to untie his sandals. He says, he's that, this guy, he's incredible. This guy, Jesus Christ, he's, he's coming now. Chapter two, now it gets very interesting. If you pay attention, I promise that it will make sense when I get to the meat of the text. Chapter two, Jesus performs his first miracle at Cana. He turns water into wine. He turns water into wine, the first miracle in chapter two. Chapter three happens where uh, I thought, I think this is funny. Jesus tells Nicodemus, I know you've been born, but you need to be born again. <laughs> I like that. He says, you, you need to be born again. Then John 3.16, we have the most common scripture in the world. John 3.16 is for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Then chapter four happens. Chapter four, Jesus is met by a woman at the well, a woman at the well, and he tells her all the sin and all those guys that are not her husband. Now, uh, this is where it's going to get good. This is where the meat of the, the, the book starts to happen. Jesus performs a miracle from a, from a man in chapter five that has been sick for 38 long years at the pool of Bethesda. There's a man sitting there at the pool of Bethesda, 38 long years. He heals that man after he does that in chapter six. He feeds a multitude. Follow me. I mean, it's going to make sense. I promise. Chapter six, he feeds a multitude. Then chapter seven, his family starts to say he's crazy. Family says, what, what's going on with this guy? But if we back up, this is another thing that happened too in chapter four. This is important to our text. In chapter four, after the Samaritan man, after the Samaritan woman uh, gets told that those are not her husband, Jesus meets an official and he heals his son without being present. He heals his son without being present. That is to show that even geography can't sustain him. There's no challenge for our Jesus, our Lord and personal Savior. That's going to make sense when we get to the text. And now uh, chapter seven, Jesus's family thinks he's crazy. Chapter eight, uh, we, we got a woman that is caught in the very act of adultery. And when I started the question text, I started asking myself, where's that guy at? Where, where's that guy? She's called the act. He tells her to go and sin no more. Uh, chapter nine is my favorite story of all time. There's a blind man that appears. He says, I don't know whether this man was a save or not. I do know I was blind. And now I see he put the clay on my eyes. And now I see that's one of my favorite sermons to preach ever. And that's chapter nine. Chapter 10, we have the good shepherd. I think it's kind of boring, but chapter 10 is the good stuff. Now we pick up the text in chapter 11. Chapter 11 happens, and this is where we know the main characters. There's a guy named Lazarus that has died. There's a guy that has named Lazarus died. But before that happens, I would like to share something to you. Um, years ago, I had the... Um, privilege to go see my parents in Las Vegas, Nevada. My parents live in Las Vegas, Nevada. I hate it there, so I went there. And 
when I went there, I had a layover, uh, and because I was on a buddy pass, <laughs> of course, I had a layover in Denver. I meet a guy, probably 70 years old, 70 years old. I go say, hey, man, I like to talk to people. I like to meet people. And when I, I, I like to meet people, I like to hear their story. The guy, he was going to down south to bury a loved one that he had never met. He's burying a loved one. And I said, so, oh, man, do you mind if I pray with you? He said, I'm a believer. Yeah, we can pray, but it, I, I'm good. I'm good. I sit down in here. He has about a four-hour layover to he has to get on his. I think he was going to somewhere, Tetwali, Mississippi, somewhere where they had a southern accent. I said, it's going to be good food there. And so we start talking. He offers, do you want do you want to hit this chilies right here? Absolutely, I do, so I can hear your story. And so we get there. The waiter comes. He says, I hear southern. I hear that southern accent. She's from Texas or whatever. They're talking, and it's just a good vibe. And he says, like, um, do you mind if I share what happened to me and, 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 and maybe you can learn? I said, absolutely. Anytime you're around older people, always hear their story. That way you can always learn something. Somebody that's been on this earth a long time, you can all, that's why I appreciate Mother Sharon and having our mothers of the church and Deacon Luke. I appreciate, I value them and I value their opinion. And so the man tells me that he grew up in the South. He was part of the civil rights movement. He, he, he dealt with the Black Panther movement for a little bit. And he said, that's not right. Shouldn't be based on race and things. I said, I agree with you. And he started telling me about his family exiled him because he was married to a white woman. And he started to question his faith. And he says he came and lost everything. He made some bad decisions and, and, and he made some bad decisions, lost everything. His family shunned him and contracted HIV and now he finally came back to Christ. And I said, why are you so, I know that's a good story. That sounds really good, but why are you so happy? He says, I'm living because I'm gonna live again. So today I'm gonna talk about living again, living again. I'm gonna talk about living again. Uh, we just walked you through what has previously happened in the gospel of John. We pick up the main characters of this text is a man named Lazarus. There's a lady named Mary and there's a lady named Martha. These are all siblings and Jesus loves these people. He, there has a barrier. There's been a connection with these people. There's been a connection with the way church in capital city. There's been a way church with St. Mark's in capital city. Somebody sees where I'm going with this. This is good. Uh, there's a connection built and they, 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 they write, the writer says the one that he loves. Lazarus has 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 been uh, sick, and now the text, the meat of the text, Jesus is addressed, and he says, "Hey, what's going on?" They said, "You know your buddy Lazarus, he's sick, and it's not looking good." Jesus says, "I thought this was interesting." When Jesus says that Lazarus sleepeth, they says, "I we know, uh, but uh, we go wake him up. Jesus says, no, 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 no. You don't understand. The text says, even the text says, Lazarus is dead plainly. Jesus tells him Lazarus is dead. He's not really sleep like you do every day. He's really sleeping. I must go. And then, then he says, this is what the kicker, this is what got my attention. He says, not only is he dead, I'm glad he's dead. I'm glad that he's dead. So the works may be, may be manifest in us. Sometimes our life, God puts us in a circumstance where he's glad we have to go through that hurt, that sorrow, that agony, that pain in order for us to get that relationship with him. And so uh, the disciple says, hey, Lazarus is dead. Why, why, why didn't you go? Because we just talked about 
Jesus healed an official son because geography can't sustain him. He, why did he not do this for Lazarus? Why did he not just speak the word, Pastor Jordan? Why didn't he just say, hey, get up, get up and walk? But Because we saw what he did for that official son. He says, I tell men to go and come and stay, but my faith uh, uh, will, will, will take my son to, to another level and be healed just because you speak to So we know what Jesus is capable of, but he doesn't do that for Lazarus. Now we have questions. Why didn't he do it for Lazarus if he loved him. Why, why would he not heal Lazarus, just speak the word with Lazarus if he really loved him? Uh, because they had a purpose for this. And now the disciples go and find Mary and Martha. Martha comes and says, hey, Lord, if you were not, if you, if you were here, this would never happen. This, this, this would have never happened. This would have never happened if you were here. And he says, your brother is going to be all right. She says, I know, I know, I know in the second coming in the resurrection, but we're talking about now. He says, no, I am the resurrection. I am the life. I am the true and living. And so now this puts us in the text. Sometimes we have to, we have to believe in something else. That's really life. That's really living when you believe in something else. And this is what Capital City has done with us. They, they, they started believing in our ministry. That's how you live. And so uh, the text says that, that they get to the tomb and Jesus says, Lazarus, come forth. He just speaks it out, but it started from just a belief system. You might be today in a, that, that, that conjunction of not believing and wanting to live again. It's very simple, accepting Jesus Christ, letting him guide your life. And so when you do this, you're living again. There's so many, many different channels. And when you can live again for somebody else and just have that faith, she says, you know what? Jesus put his into the question. He said, do you believe it's down? Do you believe that this is real? She said, yes. And this is why it doesn't say Lazarus ever uh, came out and accepted Jesus, but somebody else did. And so this is where we can apply this to our lives. Sometimes we just have to believe for somebody else, just like what Capital City is doing with us. And like we value this partnership. And so uh, I'm going to share my little story and then, then I, I, I'll be out of your way. And so um, a lot of you guys don't know um my transition of what happened and I'm going to share it and I'll, I'll share but maybe one more story <laughs> but this is what happened to me I was about uh, I was younger I don't want to reveal my age but <laughs> you can tell by this it's going it's going up right but so 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 I was playing for my dad and, and, and one service I was playing for my dad and he gets off uh, he, he says, hey, come stand here. I got to prophesy to you and I'm going to I'm going to tell you um, that you're going to live again. And I'm like, what? what is this guy talking about? And I'm like, well, I'm not into the prophecy thing. I like the real. The, hey, don't 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 TV ministry me. You know, I tell me what thus says the Lord. He says, you're going to be a pastor. Not only are you going to be a pastor, you're going to reach so many people that I could never reach because of your gifts and your skills and your memory. I'm like, what is this guy talking about? So I got very upset. We met at the restaurant. I said, Dad, I'm kind of upset because you lied to me in front of the church. I don't like it. I'm, there's no way I'm going to preach. That's not what I want to do. I want to play basketball, travel the world, and have all the women. All right. I, to, I told him straight shot. It's like, well, no, the Lord told me. So I, it was a weight on me when I left there. And when I left there, it was this heaviness. And so I said, God, you know what, really, if, if that's my calling, if that's what you desire for me, I need a for sure sign. I need a for sure sign that this is you. I, I need a for sure sign that, that, that you want me to do that. And so I hear nothing. And I said, God, I'm going to pray and fast all week. I want to hear something. If not, I know that it's not true. So I hear nothing all week. Saturday night rolls around. And I say, you know what the heck with it. I'm going to go out. I went to, out to a place called the W. And I went there. And 
this lady that I met at the bar, um, it was like a movie, you know, I had a suit on and she's, it's like, we're just vibing like this. It's like, we're just connecting. And she's like, oh, you don't drink. It's like, well, no, not. I drink ginger beer and ginger ale. We ended up leaving there to go um, have some wings. And I blessed the food. All week I was praying and fasting. I blessed the food. And she goes, are you one of those? I never tell her what I was dealing with. And I say, well, you know, I just kind of break down the law, the history, the poetry, the major prophets, the minor prophets. I put it in perspective so she understands it. She's like, wow, how did you know? It's like, it's neither here nor there. Can we shun this conversation? You know what I'm on tonight. And she's like, well, yeah, my hotel's this way. When we're leaving the restaurant, I promise it's a PG word. There's kids in here, right? People are getting worried. I see the parents over there getting worried, right? <laughs> I promise you. So, 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 so I'm like, hey, uh, it, it is what it is. We get there on the way out of the restaurant. Uh, a guy goes, "Hey, free ass! I know your dad. I, used to, I got saved in your dad's church. I got saved in your dad's church." And I said, "Oh, good for you. God bless you. Good night." So we get to the hotel, and the guy that cleans the rooms, he looks down the hall. And he kind of looks at me, and he's like, "Joe Webb, you're Joe Webb's son." I'm like, "Ah, oh, yeah." Shun him. Oh, good. Have a good night, sir. And now she's like, "What the heck is going on?" It's like, so we get there. And the long and the short of it is she goes in the bathroom, comes out. It's weird now. She's standing off office and I'm like, what's going on? She's crying. And I'm like, what is going on? And she's like, I can't. I can't. I said, OK, whatever. Then I looked in the mirror through the, like, through the TV lens. I look like she's really crying. So I'm like, well, OK. So I try to like console her. She's like, oh, I can't. And I, then she starts saying, I can't do you like this. And I'm like, what is going on? She says that I've been praying on men that look like you all over the country, giving them AIDS. But God has a calling on your life. I can't do you like that. After that happened, I noticed that the complete atmosphere has changed. That was the time I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and personal Savior. And now I'm living again. My life is completely different. It's healthy. I've lived both worlds as a non-believer. Living again is the best thing that anybody can do is letting Jesus Christ guide your life. There's obstacles, there's trials, there's tribulations, there's all these different things that happen. But when you accept Jesus Christ and you start living again, it's priceless. You will have testimonies after testimonies, connections after connections. And so today I, I challenge you to just start living again. Just start living again. Stand with me. I'm going to pray with us. Father God, I thank you for this opportunity to stand before your people, God. I'm asking that you let the words that you've sent manifest in us and in our lives that we can now live again. God, we thank you for covering us on this bad weather day. We thank you when we ask for traveling mercies on our way back to our destination. In Jesus' name we pray, we trust and believe you. Amen. It is so. Thank you guys so much. Thank you guys so much. This is a project of the Capital City Church in the West 7th community of St. Paul, Minnesota. Find us on Instagram at Capital City Church STP or visit our website for more information at capitalcitystpaul.com.